Hello and welcome to Fantasy Football Interrupted, Season 3, Episode Number 4, Week 1, What a Wild One. I'm your host, John McStravick, and I'm joined by my co-host, Alex Katzev. Hello, Alex. Welcome. We're back at it again, Week 4, Week Number 1 of the NFL season. And uh, yeah, it was uh, full of surprises, full of some... uh, some shockers, full of some disappointments, uh, as week one typically is. Uh, this one was no different, but it's always fun because every year it's new surprises, new disappointments, and new overreactions. There we go. Let's talk about overreactions to week one. Um, you were talking about this, and I'd like to hear what you thought. I've got, I've got a couple of overreactions people have already started uh, throwing around the internet. Like the Dolphins are just playing for uh, draft picks, draft positions. How do you feel about that? Oh, well, so they're saying the tank has come to the NFL. Uh, it is spreading like a virus. Week one, and they're already saying it. Yep. So are they tanking? Um, uh, I don't know how much you can tank in the NFL, but I'd say it's damn close. But um, I don't think they're going to be as terrible. Oh, no, actually, I'll take that back. They seem pretty bad. I mean, they got a whoop and put on them. They did just trade away some uh, of their better players, I think, right before the season starts. So it's not good. The way I look at it fantasy-wise, Miami is the team that you want to play each week. Like, if you can stream a quarterback against them, you play that quarterback. Or, yeah, or a defense, or a tight end, or anybody. If you can yeah. get the kicker from any team playing against Miami, get them. Get all of those players all the time. The other overreaction, I, honestly, for the Dolphins, I would say it looks like they are uh, tanking for a draft position. Uh, that's what it looks like. I, like you said, it's, it's kind of hard to do that on purpose. But at the same time, they could call it a rebuilding year. Uh, the next one is Cleveland is the same Browns that were last year, just with a different brand. Mm, yeah, this one I do not buy. I think that it was just a lot of pregame jitters. They got a lot of new personnel. I think Baker Mayfield is still legit. Uh, I'm not worried. I think they got too much talent on that team now, finally. Uh, and I, I like his bravado. Uh, he'll bounce back from this one. Everybody's got to get humbled every now and then. It's only their second year. Uh, there's a little bit more game tape. He has to do some adjustments as other teams adjust it to him. They're going to be fine. I agree with that. I would say that they're a young team. They're still working out their team chemistry, and so when they start clicking, it's going to be pretty fun to watch. Next, the Raiders will make the playoffs. Ooh, I don't buy that. I mean, I'll give you that I was definitely way more surprised at their performance, so they're definitely maybe could be better than what they are. But, like, let's also look at their playing the Broncos, who are just kind of this uh, test case of mediocrity right now. Like, they keep trying to just find magic in a bottle with a new quarterback each year, it feels like, and they just keep striking out. Not, and the Broncos, they have other some talent, but they don't have enough at the key positions to actually make them um, a competitive team. So I, I can't go all in on the Raiders yet. I agree with that. They have a way of losing every single year. I, I just You can think they're going to do well, and they will prove you wrong in the second half of the season. Sammy Watkins is the number one wide receiver. How could you not start him? Oh, of course. I mean, it was the most obvious uh, start there should have been all week. Everybody should have known Tyreek Hill was going to get hurt in that first quarter there, and that then they all they would do is throw to Sammy Watkins. I mean, it was the most obvious call, and I don't know how many so many people just blanked on that one. Right, no, so you should I, trade for Sammy Watkins, right? You should trade for him? 
Absolutely. I mean, just sell the farm, give up your best running back because he's going to put up those points week in and week out. I mean, he's a proven commodity. I mean, that's all he's done all career is put up those points. So, Right. But honestly, it, it was a one-week thing. It's not going to happen again. I mean, it, it may happen one more time, but he's going to get hurt. Like, he always gets hurt. Yeah, and they still have other talent on that team. I mean, they have uh, Travis Kelsey. I mean, he he's going to get his targets. They have now a plethora of running backs that they're going to throw out of the backfield who will be pass catching backs with both McCoy and Damian Williams. Uh, so there's there's a lot of mouths still they can feed, and I don't think it's going to be the all Sammy Watkins show. If anything, then teams will just kind of start double covering him and, and dare them to beat with them with their other wide receivers who maybe I don't know how deep they are. I don't know Kansas City that well, but I just don't buy it. Right. Uh, so Lamar Jackson, MVP, might as well give it to him right now. Oh, clearly. I mean, that was what it should have been before the season even started. I mean, it's week one. This is when we award the MVP. So uh, he's clearly the one that they should just give it to. I mean, because he's going to play the Dolphins every single week. And that's exactly what I was going to say. He's going to put up those (laughs) points every single week. So good for Lamar. I'm very happy that he got to play the Dolphins uh, and get that monkey off his back. The last overreaction. We could just end the season now because the Patriots already won the Super Bowl. Well, clearly, I mean, like anytime they win a game, it's like, well, of course they're winning the Super Bowl. And I mean, they didn't even have Antonio Brown in there. So, I mean, let's just give them other good players because there's no point in even playing the season. Let's just give them everybody else so they can just play that they can play themselves then essentially. I'd like to note that uh, we, we called the situation with Antonio Brown, one, it being a huge setup and two, him going to the Patriots. Uh, that, that was pretty, uh, gratifying to hear that all of that come out after we've been talking about it for weeks. Yeah. I I was surprised at honestly how fast it all happened. I was driving down to the beach and I started seeing stuff ping on Twitter on my tweets and stuff like that. And I saw ESPN breaking news. They released them. And then like later and later in the day, it's like, there was the rumors that, yeah, he was going to sign with them. It's, it was, and supposedly now it was as best he could do. He strategized to to get himself kicked off Oakland by posting on Instagram the his fine letter, him getting in fights, and posting John Gruden's private phone call. It was all a ruse to get cut, and it all worked out according to plan. Oh, absolutely. I mean, kudos to him. All the respect in the world for playing the system in his favor. Um, how many times have players' contracts not mattered whatsoever because the the man said otherwise? Yeah, well, it feels again. Talk about uh, the uh, something coming over from the NBA to the NFL. Uh, players forcing their way out of the door of one team to get on another. Uh, this is becoming the era of the player in uh, professional sports. But speaking of other uh, Super Bowl uh, obvious winners, as what was it? The Dallas Cowboys were another obvious winner. The uh, well, yeah, we had Saints. Dallas Cowboys, the Ravens, we had the Titans. Uh, we had the Vikings. All of them also won the Super Bowl in week one. I mean, they look yeah, great. So I, I mean, wasn't I think this was on the radar to just name six Super Bowl winners, I think, this year. So this is like working out perfectly for the NFL in week one. It's the everyone gets a participation trophy system. They're gonna, just going to give out six Super Bowl awards and be done with it. 
Love it. Okay, so we'll get more into uh, individual performances that are uh, underrated, overrated, disappointments, big surprises. Uh, but first, uh, one more thing. Uh, let's talk about our uh, own teams this week. How did we do individually? Uh, you have three leagues that you're in, uh, all redrafts. So how did you do? What was your record for the week? I went uh, two and one. Uh, I lost by 0.3 points. And this is in a system that I was the one that, pushed for the decimal point so uh, and this was our league right in the la no, locals league th- this is actually a ppr league uh full point ppr and it was standard last year and i complained about the fact that you don't get uh full points so if someone gets nine yards rushing you get no points if they get nine yards receiving they you get no points those 18 yards go away you lose one point actually use two point uh eight points essentially so i decided to talk to the commissioner and convince him to add the decimal point, And I lost because of it. Uh, but Man, I did really the, well. That is the slimmest of margins to lose by. And it's just excruciating. I'd rather get blown out than to lose by that little. Agree. Luckily I wasn't watching it all night long. So it didn't hurt as bad when you're up by a lot and you're like, Oh, I'm going to win. And you're watching the, your app. And then all of a sudden the, the other team comes back and you, it's more devastating to be sitting there and watching it. Yeah, and you did win our LA Locals League, the league we're in together. You won that game. I, I thought you were down for a bit. And I thought you were going to lose to uh, Sir Albie uh, this week. I, w- I woke up uh, with a time hop from five years ago of me taunting Albie uh, on a roller coaster ride, and I thought that was my karma because I also thought I was going to lose because I didn't start Marlon Mack over Mike Williams or didn't start him over Chubb. Uh, but how, why would I know to do that? You know, so I don't feel too bad, but I wanted to start Marlon Mack. I couldn't pull that trigger in my flex because Mike Williams was the fourth wide receiver last year uh, for touchdowns. So I gave it a shot. He also had Keenan Allen. I love to play those wide receivers together. It's one of those back and forth. So in a game, you're like, oh, it was his guy, not mine. It's much more fun that way for me. So I did win, but I, I won with Deshaun Watson getting 31 points on Monday Night Football. So uh, he tried to drink. He tried to jinx me with six points down, saying that I had already won. And when I pulled up the app, I saw I was still losing. So, wow. Uh, well, yeah, Deshaun Watson. I think he had what four touchdowns total, three passing, one rushing. Is that correct? Yeah. Uh, and they still lost, so that was crazy. But uh, what a what a uh, fantasy football points uh, game that whole uh, the whole game was. But Drew Brees. Yeah, I'm a, just, it was a good, it was a good game. We got to watch it in the break room. Um, and I'm also like eight, nine, ten, and one against Albie. He's only beaten me once lifetime. I thought he was going to win his week one game, and I was surprised. And I was like, well, but it was not meant to be. So, um, all week. right. Uh, so I am in three leagues. I have a dynasty, and then I have two redrafts. I ended up being one and two. I won the league that we are in, the one redraft league. I handily, great... might I say, yes. Mar- I had Mark a wonderful... Ingram came through. Oh boy, my uh, my biggest regret of the draft actually was probably one of my best performances. Uh, so Agree. at least got one week out of that sad moment of dejection in my draft. Uh, actually, at least for one week, made me feel good. Who does James have on his team that you want? You could always shift Ingram over there for somebody because you know he wants them. And again, they're not playing Miami every single week. Yeah, and I actually ended up picking up uh, Justice Hill, who is the backup to him, because I've been hearing that they expect him to get more touches as the year goes on. Uh, 
And so, I, you know, it's one of those things. It's one of those balances, I think, with him is where he might start off strong. And then as the season progresses, the other running backs might get more touches and it'll balance out where he isn't quite as strong as an RB1. But, um, yeah, so he did great. Um, uh, trying to think there was – oh, and then the big the big reason I won is because I ended up starting Deshaun Jackson in my flex spot uh, because AB wasn't going to play, and I just threw him in there. And I told you I had a feel, good feeling about him. I didn't expect the game that he had, which was just watching it. I, it was like double celebratory because I'm an Eagles fan. I got to celebrate yep. when he scored a touchdown. Plus, I knew I was just racking up the points in my fantasy league for this one. So it was great. But had AB still been on the Raiders, would you have put him in? Uh, I was debating. I don't think I was going to. Even if he yeah. ended up not being suspended, I had a feeling. I was just like, I got to see this one out before I can do it, where I got to do it with somebody who I feel at least has a higher chance of doing points. Anyway, I now have decisions to make. Uh, AB will be coming back with the Patriots. Do I start him? Do I keep Deshaun in for another week? I have a trade offer for Deshaun for Carson Wentz. Uh, so we can talk about strategy talk with that. Um, yeah, my other two leagues, though. Uh, my Dynasty League, I only lost by 10. Uh, and I had one player, Corey Davis, had zero points. I had a running back on my bench that I could have played. Two of them that had enough points to at least get me in range. But again, it's one of those crapshoots. It's not. It's hindsight's twenty twenty. So, and my other league uh, just didn't perform well. So, uh, one and two. But in my redraft that I really care about, this is the fun one. Uh, I beat Chris, and he had a solid team going into this, and he way underperformed, and I overperformed. Uh, so I'm happy. I, I feel good uh, so far. A little, a little bit uh, looking up right now. So uh, that's enough of our opening discussion. Let's turn into the breaking news. Breaking news. Um, as we talked about already and as predicted by many, many people and yours truly here on this podcast last week, uh, <laughs> AB, Antonio Brown, has forced his way out of the Raiders and is now going to the Pats. So we kind of already touched on this. Uh, do you think this is going to be great for him? Do you think he's going to score as much or more points? Or is this now different because he's not fresh in this playbook and all that kind of stuff? So he is the best wide receiver in football right now, playing not fantasy-wise, he is the most talented wide receiver, hands down. You, I've drafted him first overall, you know, several several years in a row. I, I can't say that for any other wide receiver. So that being said, he will do some good things this year. However, if he doesn't get the ball, if they dink and dunk to Edelman and let him do crossing routes and pick plays and, and make him do things he doesn't want to do, he's going to explode. Uh, he, he's never shown that, uh, he's a grounded person when it comes to the game of football. He's a very passionate person. Um, so I could definitely see it backfiring, uh, here and there. Yeah. But I guess at least if there is a team that can handle it and can, even if, I mean, worst case for the Patriots, if he does start just blowing up, they can just cut him and look what they did their first week so they're okay um i mean I, I just think like you said he's just such a natural talent that regardless it doesn't matter what the playbook and with the talent that tom brady is uh i think he's going to get him the ball and it's going to be so hard for teams to cover both him and edelman they're going to have to choose and i think it could be an upswing for edelman because obviously brown's the better wide receiver and they're going to throw more coverage at him probably but maybe because he's not in the system they actually throw more coverage at edelman and brown's more open i, I don't know yet i would switch edelman and say it's gordon who actually gets the uptick he looked really good 
Uh, he was just breaking tackles. He was not he was not going down on the first contact. Uh, Brady was looking to him. I think people are going to forget that he's sitting right there on the outside. So I, I think Edelman definitely gets an uptick, but I think Josh Gordon is the sneaky uptick. Yeah, but I, I still do think in the end, talent uh, reigns all. And if he's open, and, and that's, that's part of what Brown's game is and why Big Ben was so good with him. I think Big Ben isn't necessarily as good without him is because he could just kind of chuck that ball up into his area and A.B. can go up and get it rather than having to necessarily be a Definitely. pinpoint passer. Where Brady's a pinpoint passer, but now even with the option to just kind of get it in the area, Brown and go get it. It'll be interesting to see because he doesn't have that too many times in his uh, career. Randy Moss is probably the last person to have it. You saw probably the last like one. Yeah, they've they've been looking for it. They had Cooks for a little bit. They always try to find that one wide receiver, like a uh, who was the guy on Denver who got cut? Oh, Thomas. The, Thomas. The mayor's yeah, Thomas. Yeah. He, so they you know tried to pick him Same up man. because he's one of those threats uh, way down the so, field. So it should be interesting. I'm going to be, uh, it's, it makes it for a fun season now for me. Like I was, I was giddy all day Saturday, like just watching this all unfold because it just made my whole team and season that much more interesting. Uh, I love being in the heat of it and in the thick of it. Uh, moving on. So I guess the next big injury, uh, big news is, uh, the big injuries that happened this weekend. The two I have are Foles and Tyreek Hill, um, which do have big impacts on their team and any of the players around them. Uh, do you have any other big uh, injuries that you remember, or do you think those are the two biggest? I believe Mixon got hurt. I want to say Joe Mixon got hurt. Uh, he did um, get hurt. I don't know we know the severity yet and how if he's going to be out or at all or anything, but yes, he did get hurt to some degree, and he, he left the game, I think, in the third or fourth quarter. Yeah, so I would say pick up Giovanni Bernard. If uh, I mean, I know they've got another guy, but uh, I'd definitely say his stock goes way up. Bernard, they just signed him to a three-year extension, so they obviously trust him and, and feel like he's that veteran presence, so they have no problem going to him. And they did in the fourth quarter uh, of that game. I have him on my dynasty team. Just I, I've had him from since last season, so I'm happy about that because that's a, I'm, a, I'm running back starved in my dynasty league. So anything that can get me a moderate 10 points a game in running back position in that league, I'm very happy. But I have high-end wide receivers, so it can all balance out. But, yeah, I, I agree. That's a that's another good one. The Foles thing is frustrating because it seems like he was already getting in a rhythm. And, I mean, like that DJ Shark, uh, what a touchdown pass that was. And that was the one he ended up getting injured on. So he's going to be out for a good probably seven to eight, nine weeks. They put him uh, on IR, so he's out for at least eight weeks. Yeah, so we'll see. Uh, that's disappointing. Also, just a Foles fan, but it was sad he finally got his chance again, and uh, he looked good, and then just uh, luck, unfortunate luck came his way. Uh, yeah, and Tyreek Hill, I don't know what the severity of it. I don't know how long he's going to be out. That obviously brings an uptick, and like we said, to Sammy Watkins, uh, Travis Kelsey, and then any of those running backs coming out of the backfield. I think that could be big for McCoy. Honestly, I, I think at throwing him more into that wildcat wide out situation uh, in the backfield uh, just to throw them off at least uh, defenses. So um, it, it's something to monitor. Um, all right. Uh, oh, and the one last fun nugget of the day is uh, how about uh, Odell Beckham Jr. needing to tell time while he's on the field? He couldn't keep track, so he needed to wear a $2,000 watch uh, while he played some football yesterday. Yeah, I mean, I think that goes down to the you've done too many commercials part of football for me. Uh, when when you're too busy uh, making money doing side hustles than actually being on the field and practicing. So I think that's a part of it is him not, not being focused and having his blinders on. 
Yeah, I don't know. I like those guys having fun. If that keeps him loose and he scores more touchdowns for me, I'm all for it. So uh, he says he's still going to keep wearing it. And uh, as long as his on-field performance works out, I'm fine with it. All right, so that's the uh, breaking news. Uh, Moving on now to the main topic of our uh, main segment of our podcast, uh, our strategy talk. Strategy talk. So... With week one in the books and the first waiver, major waiver wire coming out with performances added in, um, let's first talk about who is your biggest surprise and biggest disappointment, either on your team or just in the league overall. Uh, what are you looking at at those two questions? My biggest disappointment was definitely Devontae Adams. I could have taken Michael Thomas in the first round. And, you know, it's weak. it's one of those overreactions like, oh, man, I'm already kicking myself. I'm already having regret. Um, I can't do that, obviously, but he was very disappointing with only like eight, maybe five points. He really didn't get me. He didn't get double digit points where you draft him in the first round. So that was disappointing. I loved my uh, round eight tight end pickup with Mark Andrews getting me 24 points uh, in the first week. So again, they played Miami, not a huge uh, personal growth, but I I definitely, it was definitely uh, gratifying to pick like the second to last or even the last tight end and still do well with him. Yeah. And that finally, was all part of your strategy too. That wasn't sure was. something you just necessarily just had did on a lark. That was all part of strategy and it fits into what we talked about. Your top end of your draft wasn't amazing, but not bad. But then the back end is really where you filled in those spots pretty well was those. And that was, I mean, that strategy obviously worked out at least week one for you. So at least week one you. and Marlon Mack was the other one uh, that I drafted oh. uh, further down that gave me a good, you know, 20 burger. I was looking around at our scores in our league and I saw that and I was like, Oh my God. I was like, I, I was too, I was not able to pull the trigger on taking him overall, like in the general idea and to see him put up, it has me kicking myself. So that was the one I saw. In but your, we talked your, about uh, it. Yeah. That was the one I saw on your team that I was like, that son of a, I was like, that was a great pick then because that, like you said, no luck. They're going to be running the ball more. He obviously is, seems like uh, going to be the bell cow there and just hand off. And, you know, Nigel Hines will just be the change of pace guy. Right. And Jack Doyle only got one reception. I mean, what what happened there? I thought uh, Jack Doyle was going to be another one that you could pick up and, and he was going to burst out. Yeah, that was uh, it was well done. Oh, you had one more. Um, For my disappointments and... Uh... Is, yeah. Is there something? Uh, no, that was I it. I said those three. Okay, cool. Sorry, I thought I cut you off. Uh, my biggest surprise, uh, my biggest disappointment was Baker Mayfield. Uh, that oh, was for just sure. a giant dud, and I was talking him up a lot in our pre-draft talk. I drafted him, I think, like sixth round, seventh round, something like that. Uh, my first quarterback, uh, especially with somebody like Carson Wentz still on the board, which I probably should have known better for consistency at least. Baker Mayfield may have the higher upside week to week. Uh, but yeah, that was my big disappointment. But with that said, I still think he's going to bounce back. I, I'm not buying into that. This was the Browns being the Browns. I just think there's, you know, they had an off game and I think they have a lot of new young players and I, I think they'll be okay. Uh, my biggest surprise though. And I think we already touched on this as well was Deshaun Jackson uh, with his 34 plus points uh, for my team, two touchdowns, two fifty yard passes. Uh, I think like 140 yards, uh, something like that. Uh, seven, eight receptions just, just killed it for me and almost single-handedly won my game for me. Uh, and then uh, a surprise one uh, B is like we said to Mark Ingram, uh, just, really dominating in a way that I wasn't expecting. 
Uh, I just hope that maybe that means he'll continue to get the ball and continue to perform since he showed up in this game. That just bodes well for the coaching staff to at least give him a trust for the next like week or two to see how much he can keep doing this. And, you know, he still always performed in uh, for the Saints, except that for the past uh, few years, he's always had kind of a share where this year he's more of the number one than he has been in past years at the Saints uh, backfield. Plus, they threw a lot. And, and, and for them, I think they'll be running a good amount in Baltimore. So, yeah, that's my biggest surprise, biggest disappointment. So moving on then. Going into week one waiver wire, uh, with everything that you've seen, some of the overreactions that we talked about earlier, what is your general philosophy and strategy going into week one? Do you look to, you know, do sort of a semi fire sale of your bench and try to get good, uh, at least three players and drop three players? Do you like to stick with guys, even if they haven't performed in week one? Like, how is your outlook on your players, your team and what you go into the waiver wire for? I love the waiver wire. I like to play the waiver wire every week. It's hard for me to sleep on Wednesday nights just because, or Tuesday, Tuesday nights, Wednesday mornings. Uh, it's almost impossible for. I wake up at like one fifteen if I fall asleep and still just check it in my stupor, just going, "Oh, who got what? Oh, transactions, can't find it." So I love uh, ditching players and and picking up new ones. Unfortunately, I really don't have that many players this year that. I feel like I can cut on a whim. Uh, a lot of times my strategy is pick up backups. Uh, people I saw with a lot of potential that, oof, when they get in, when their man goes down or when they get a chance to actually shine, they're going to do great. I want them on my team. So, you know, I always have a list of three to four people that I've watched on Sunday that with the eye test, I've gone, they're going to do good things this year. So, uh, unfortunately, I don't have as many spots to kind of roster them. Uh, Madison is my uh, pickup. If any, if he's still out there, the Vikings backup running back looked really good. I don't think he is available because I actually looked into it. I think um, uh, going into the first waiver wires, uh, going into week one there, I think on Friday, and he was not available, I don't believe. because He's on Sam's team in our league, but if he, if you're in any other leagues, check to see if he's out there because I yeah. think he's going to be a good pickup. I, I, I agree with you, and I already checked in my Dynasty League like a week or two ago and somebody drafted him or picked him up. It was the same thing. He seemed to be a name that I was on, not on my radar but was on others' radar. And that mm-hmm. was Now, what you're talking about, um, going for the backups kind of in your waiver wire strategy to see if you can wait and find somebody who can pop um, – I actually went into that with my background, uh, backgrounds picks in the draft. And I think we talked about it a little bit where I was like, okay, mm-hmm. okay. since I kind of got thrown off track and I had a bad mid round selections for like three in a row, I was like, let me just look at like backup, mostly running backs or wide receivers that maybe will have some juice, but I just maybe would have to hold on to them or maybe week one, they'll surprise somebody. So I kind of went in that to the draft and that was the first time I ever done that. And trying to find those guys like that. And I know you like doing that every week. You are a waiver wire, like savant almost year to year. Uh, and I'm, I'm a little less on the waiver wire because first off we have a fab. So there's a money, uh, a part of it where you have to decide. And how I have a system worth. for that too. I can, I can give you that system as well of how I do figure you, that out. Do you have um, an app for that? No. Uh, you take however much you're given through the year and you divide it by however many weeks you'll be playing. And that yeah. tells you your average you can spend from week to week. So you right. can spend a certain amount of weeks Say now I can't do the waiver wire the next three weeks and it makes up for it. And you still have plenty of money. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess, and that's just one of those things you balance out. Like some weeks you might be willing to spend more, but that means next week you have to spend less. But week one is probably one where you can kind of go a little higher because, because if you really believe somebody could really give you some points for it throughout the year, it might be worth overpaying a little bit. So um, let me ask you, what's, what's your guess? What's the highest bid going to be uh, coming out of week one then? What do you think the <laughs> highest number is going to be? We only have a hundred dollars, right? We we're only given a hundred fab dollars. Somebody is gonna go, I think, up to forty dollars. You think so? Forty is the number. I was gonna go thirty. Thirty-two would be the highest that I think someone's gonna go. Yeah, I'm gonna go a little even more ballsy. Although I am looking at, I pulled up an hour based off of our point system, uh, the player list of uh, free agents and their fan points that they gained through this week. Um, I'm not exactly sure anybody specifically that people might spend that kind of money on though. Uh, unless it's, no, I I don't believe, I don't believe there's a person that qualifies that purchase. That's, that's not what I think is going to happen. I think people are going to panic because they lost. So we have to look at those teams and those are the people that are going to spend the 30, the 40. Yeah. Uh, so like John Ross is the highest fan points of 34, uh, that is a free agent in our league, and I just don't see anybody spending $40 to pick him up. I mean, A.J. Green is still on the team, right? I mean, he's still going to play at some point, right? At some point, yeah. But uh, And then it's a couple quarterbacks, so I don't think anybody's going to spend high, high on a quarterback, especially the ones that are You can say, I'm not going to pick up a quarterback. You can say the quarterback. Who are the quarterbacks? Uh, uh, they are uh, Stafford, Keenum, Dalton, and Mariota are the next four, and they range from 27 to 24 points. But like any of those guys, I don't trust week to week that they're worth like a big amount of spending on. I don't trust that the last two names you said would even finish the season. Yeah. Um, and then uh, then it's a couple wide receivers, Philip Dorsett, DJ Chark, uh, then TJ Hawkinson, tight end of uh, – Detroit, uh, Terry McLaren, wide receiver, Washington. And those are everybody who's a 20 plus point scorer. And then after that, it's down into the teens, the high teens. Um, yeah, but nobody, uh, that jumps off the field. The highest running back is Malcolm Brown at 17 points for the Raider, uh, for the Rams. So that's, that's a curious one. Um, yeah. So honestly, like we just said, there's not a whole lot of people who jump off the page that are like an exciting pick. Not a lot of young guys that you might be like, I'm going to try to take a flyer on them, that kind of thing. Um, so that should be interesting to see who goes where, who goes after things. So I talked to you before, uh, and you didn't give me what your thoughts were. I was offered a trade of Carson Wentz for Deshaun Jackson, uh, from somebody who has Tyreek Hill on their team and now going to be without him. So he's thinking, swap quarterback because baker mayfield had probably such a bad game and then he gets his wide receiver uh so what was your thoughts on that as a straight up trade well i mean you're a homer so you like Wentz, even if it even if he wasn't as good as he is um so that's a plus you already want to watch the game so it gives you something extra uh people value trades differently i never like to make another team better it sounds weird but if if someone is going to uh, increase their team and I'm only just going to get a better player and not necessarily fill a hold. I don't like to do that. I want to make sure I'm filling my hole too. I agree with you on that. And that's always the way I look at it is because like, especially my dynasty league, I get some awful draft uh, offers and it's just like, 
people always want to give me kind of like five, you know, two dimes and a nickel for a quarter. And I'm just like, that doesn't in my world, that doesn't add up. Like if you give me somebody who's high end at a different position that I'm a weakness at, and then I give you my high end player at a different position, like then yes, I would entertain that more. But they always offer me like three wide receivers for the, I have, I have uh, Hopkins in my dynasty and they're like, three other average wide receivers for Hopkins. And it's like, why would I do that? That doesn't actually improve my team. That makes me worse. Now, if you offered me like, if you offered me Hopkins for like, you know, David Johnson or Todd Gurley, or even at the, before all this, like Melvin Gordon, then at least I would entertain it because that I have a big, like I said, of a big hole at wide a running back in my dynasty league that allows me then at least balance it out. If I feel like I have enough talent still at wide receiver to make that all work. But this is sort of a similar situation where I still trust Baker Mayfield's going to be good. My thought process is maybe I try to I squeeze somebody else out of him for Deshaun Jackson. Um, but it goes back to also what we talked about Deshaun Jackson. He's a streaky player. Do I try to cash in when he blows up? But again, is it really cashing in if I'm just picking up a quarterback when I trust the quarterback I have? And then I don't know. Do you see what I'm, where my dilemma is? I do, but you have enough quality wide receivers that you can afford to sell Deshaun for anything you want. And one of those things you want is a new quarterback, a new shiny quarterback. Uh, do you think so, why you like, you like Wentz over Mayfield? Is that why? I think the trade benefits you uh, in the sense that Deshaun Jackson is uh, a streaky player. He's boomer bust. You're either going to get your 20 points from him or you're going to get four points from him. He may get injured, you know, on the first play because he's, he's little for the NFL's, standards he is a small guy so if he gets hit he usually gets hurt he tries not to get hit that's that's his philosophy so i would i would sell him yeah it's hard because i have brown coming back and that's part of his calculus is that brown is now coming back and almost in essence at this point brown would actually be my wide receiver three based off of where i have uh because i also have uh alan robinson and um uh beckham as my top two wide receivers and that's where deshaun's at it's wide receiver three so that's just like yeah, it's only wide receiver three, so I would just be playing Deshaun anyway week to week, I guess, at wide receiver three with the hope that he hits big, with the also understanding that he might just score like two points. So, so Brown, you're, you're I guess, trading has your more wide hope. receiver three for a quarterback one. Yeah, I guess I should do it. It should. I feel like I should do it. That's my inner gut is just saying do it. I don't do trades often. This isn't an awful trade offer, and I feel like I should just have some fun with it, roll with it, and see where it takes me instead of clinging. Sometimes I cling to players too much and overvalue stuff and think it too much where just have a little fun. There are other wide receivers I could take a flyer on in the uh, waiver wire and try to fill that spot that he leaves as well. Now, here's the only downside to you selling Deshaun Jackson for Wentz is when you play Frankie now, he's got the upper hand on you. Does he? He, if if the points go to Deshaun Jackson, it completely well, yes. cancels out your quarterback. Yes, yes, but the that's always and that's always we've had this discussion for, before. Maybe we'll have another uh, discussion about it again. Is when you if you're playing against a quarterback or a wide receiver that is that is your quarterback or wide receivers like target. Uh, do you not play and play him all that kind of stuff? So I just think that that still is in the quarterback's favor though, in the sense that there's a higher chance he throws to other players as well rather than the wide receiver. Like the percentages are just still in the uh, quarterback's uh, favor in those matchups. But all right, I think think we've made my decision. I think I'm going to pull the trigger and just do it. I got to have some fun with this. I don't do trades enough. That's the whole point. Why not? Let's do this. I'm going to accept it once I get in there. Uh, 
All right, so that's what else is happening with mine. Yeah, my week one waiver wire, I'm going to take a couple flyers. This will affect my trade. will then definitely have me looking to see if I can fill in that hole of losing Deshaun as, again, like maybe a wide receiver four. So I'll see what's out there and what I feel like spending. Um, I'm usually pretty tight with my fab money up front, and I kind of wait till later in the season so that when I really need – a hole to fill and somebody gets hot, I can outspend people. That's kind of my it, general philosophy. It, it generally system. works for you too. There's usually a week where that person rises to the top and you go, I have 79 fab dollars. You guys all have four. Yeah. So and that's where I usually try to stick with it. And I try to stick with the team that I drafted in the sense that like trust in my, what you did and stick with it. I generally try to give players some time to feel it out and work out things, especially for early in the season. Um, all right, so uh, and so you think this year that you're going to have a low turnover this week one? You don't think there's going to be much movement for you just because you're going to try to try to give these guys a chance on your bench and on your main roster? Look, uh, full disclosure, I'm dropping Dion Lewis. That's the only person on my roster that I feel like I don't want to hold on to. Yeah, uh, well, we talked about that last week too. That was one of your most regrettable picks that you just didn't think gave you anything. So, I wanted Randall Cobb. I got Randall Cobb snaked from me in the, in the 15th round or right before it came back around. And uh, so I just was like, all right, well, who were you going to take if you took my guy? The, the guy was like, I was going to take Deion Lewis. I was like, all right, so then I get Deion Lewis. So uh, he, it may be a bad drop. We'll see. You know, I like to do that. You know, Derrick yeah. Henry could get hurt, and then Deion Lewis is the man. Yeah, well, that's something that always happens for me a lot. I ha- I end up taking guys uh, too early in the sense of, picking them up either drafting or waiver wire and then i drop them and then that's when they blow up so i have that problem as well all right so then any uh bold predictions or big bounce backs you see coming this week bold predictions for our fantasy our league, league. Just, yeah well yeah anything in our fantasy that it might correlate to the nfl like who could have a big bounce back week or who is actually going to turn off and be a big disappointment Ooh. I would definitely say Chris has a bounce back week because that's easy to say since he didn't do very well. Um, I think Albie plays Sam, and I wouldn't be surprised if Albie actually beats Sam. Wow. All right. You're really you're giving Albie a lot of juice this year. You really got a lot of faith in him, so that should be fun He drafts to watch. whatever team I drop, so of course. He oh, always so of course drafts so. my team from last year, so I yeah. like his team. Um, I'm going to say that Lamar Jackson does not as comes back down to earth a bit the next week. Um, I think that Baker Mayfield has a bounce back week. And I also think that Eagles offense is going to put up a lot of points next week against Atlanta. What about the Steelers and the Falcons? Ugh, uh, I don't know. The Steelers look lost. They just look lost. Like they don't have, it feels like any playmakers on that team now. Um, Big Ben seems old. Uh, you know, again, we talked about his type of game is to just kind of chuck it up there in the vicinity and he doesn't necessarily have those guys. You talked about Juju being double covered a lot. I think he got a lot of coverage and attention. Didn't really show up to fill in that void left by AB. Um, I don't know about them. I feel like the Falcons can bounce back more than the Steelers can. at this. I agree with that. The Falcons have enough wide receivers and, and a good enough running game. I just feel like they're always out coached. Yeah, I, I still don't like to um uh their running back. Uh Freeman. Who's their main running back. 
Freeman. I just don't Freeman. like Freeman. I think I think they got to give the ball to Ito Smith more, uh, which would be good. And they for you. started to. Uh, they definitely started to at the uh, the second half. He started getting the ball, number twenty five. He's the guy. I think they got to give the ball to. But they do like you're right. They still have Julio Jones and now Calvin Ridley, who had a really good game. Had a pretty good game that game. Can you roster both of them at the same time? Can you start both of them? I mean, they both put up 15, 16 points. Can you feasibly play both wide receivers together? I, I mean, I think you can if you were somehow lucky to get both of them on your team. I think it's a, something you can do because I, I think they balance out in the sense you'll get the same average points from having them both start. So either, like you said, they both get 15 points or one will have 30, one will have like five. So I think on the average, I think it you would still get to the do same that. number. That makes sense. You're you're looking at the consistency about uh, average numbers you would get out of those two spots rather than taking a chance on two separate guys uh, or picking which one of those will be have the big week. So. All right. Well, that's a, a good recap of this week, and we'll uh, see when we'll get back to you. We'll let you know how our uh, waiver wire processing went, uh, who we got, who we traded. <laughs> um, I'm not sure if we'll get back to you before this week's uh, uh, next week's games or if we'll get back to you right after the game like we did this week. So just stay tuned, and uh, we'll be back in your feed soon. Uh, Alex, where can people reach you if they want to follow you Any any and all your wonderful thoughts on fantasy football each Sunday? Yep, Think Curly at Twitter. Uh, you can find me at Think Curly at Instagram, but there's no football on there. That's just pictures of my kids and food. Well, sometimes it's a nice, uh, that, that's always nice to see is instead of, because football's on the mind all the time this time of year. So, all right. What about you? you? What's at, your, what is your handle? I am at J Stravs, J S T R A V S on Twitter. Um, at J at J Stravs 12 on Instagram. But again, no football on Instagram. Um, so if, uh, there's nothing else on, to talk about, I will catch you later on, man. All right. Have a good week. Later. Wah, 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 wah. Wah, wah, wah.